Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, you are welcome to the arena of liberty. Thank you. You may have your seats. We are gathering here this morning because Jesus Christ has laid a foundation. And because of this foundation he has laid, our salvation is sure. Tell your neighbor, I am saved because of the foundation Jesus has laid. Therefore, because of Christ, I am saved. Thank you. The question is, how did Jesus Christ of Nazareth lay the foundation? The essence of our gathering here today. How? How? The Bible made us to understand that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ came because the relationship and fellowship between God and man was broken through sin. In order to restore this relationship and fellowship between God and man that was broken through sin, our Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, was severely flogged. He was mercilessly tortured. He was humiliated. He was embarrassed and dehumanized before he was brutally murdered. Hmm. Yet, he responded with forgiveness. Why, you may ask? Because he knew that his death on the cross would eventually accomplish salvation for mankind. Take note of the expression that he responded with forgiveness. This clearly indicates that forgiveness is a bridge to our future. Forgiveness simply means that God sees you as if you have never sinned. You can imagine that. What an amazing grace. This is indeed an amazing grace. God takes unlikely people and pulls them into his kingdom for eternity. What an amazing grace. When you receive God's forgiveness, it implies that you become blameless before him. But mind you, God's forgiveness does not mean that he sweeps your sins under the carpet. No. 
Forgiveness does not mean that God sweeps your sin under the carpet. Instead, he completely washes them away. I repeat, what an amazing grace. This reminds me of a song that, that goes thus. Praise the Lord, for God so loved the world. Praise the Lord, he gave his only son for me, hallelujah. He carried my sins away. I'm so glad that Jesus went for me. Thank you. You may have your seats. God's forgiveness does not sweep our sins under the carpet. Instead, He completely washes them away. Therefore, people of God, one great errand we have to the throne of grace is to pray for the pardon of our sins because forgiveness has been established. by the one who carried our sins away. Our relationship with God depends far more than we think upon our adjustments with one another. It was Jesus' great design to engage his disciples to love one another, to forgive one another. Because faith itself works by love. Anyone who do not forgive or who do not love 
cannot receive God's mercy and favor. In other words, you cannot be entrusted with such power to heal, to deliver, to bless, because you will misappropriate it. In other words, you will use it to hurt yourself and others. Can you see why a forgiving heart is a blessed heart? Ask your neighbor, can you see why a forgiving heart is a blessed heart? That is indeed our message for today. A forgiving heart is a blessed heart. So without much to do, let's quickly go to the book of Luke. Chapter 11. And I will read verses 24 and 25. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. There's a condition here. What is the condition? Let's go to verse 25. It is true we can pray. It is true we can fast. But it's always good to take things in ascending order, not in descending order. What's the condition? Let's see verse 25. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. This is indeed the right knowledge of God which settles peace. Yes. When you receive, take notes of that. When you receive the right knowledge of God, in fact, there are doctrines and there is a doctrine. There are teachings and there is a teaching. Some will say, don't forgive those who hurt you. Some will say, teach for that. This for that, this for that. For Jesus' doctrine settles peace and it contradicts all this. When you receive the right knowledge of God that settles peace, you will come to the understanding of the fact that whether victims or perpetrators, we all stand in helpless need of his divine forgiveness. When you receive the right knowledge of God that settles peace, people of God, you will not put yourself in the position of a judge. Rather, you become sober, knowing that you need to forgive because you need to be forgiven. Tell your neighbor you need to forgive because you need to be forgiven. The question now is, why is forgiveness so important in this end time? Why is forgiveness so paramount, so important in this perilous time? That's a question you may ask yourself. Forgiveness 
is so important because a relationship does not involve two perfect people. In fact, there is no such thing as a perfect person on this earth. Such perfect people do not exist on this earth. Therefore, if you want a permanent friend, a perfect friend, a perfect relationship, a perfect husband, a perfect wife, a perfect business partner, then you need to go to heaven. A relationship does not involve two perfect people. Therefore, take note of this. People make mistakes. Even those who are Christians. Yes, that's what the Bible says. When you make a mistake, as we all do, don't run from God, but run to Him. It therefore means, as a human being, you're not perfect. There are times you get it wrong, but there's room to get it right as well, with God. make mistakes even those who are Christians but one thing is clear here your response to a person who makes a mistake can also be regarded as a mistake if care is not taken at this juncture our response are in twofold not only what we do that is in error but how we respond because you that is responding to a mistake you that made a mistake we both stand in helpless need of his divine forgiveness therefore there is no room for any man boasting of his natural ability and power it is all of grace you need to forgive because you need to be forgiven forgiveness paves a way for a harmonious relationship even with our enemies now there is a big challenge here very big one what is the challenge because someone has deeply hurt you offended you caused you pain deep pain the next question is why should i forgive this man why 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 <laughs> I sponsored him to the university. He gained employment. Now he has forgotten me. I will not forgive him. When he was in trouble, I rescued him. Now he is where to do. He didn't pay me back. Good. I will not forgive him. Why should I forgive someone who has deeply hurt me? Now let's see how Jesus Christ responded to this. In the book of Matthew. 
Are you there? Matthew chapter 6, from verse 14 to 15. Now, listen attentively. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Fifteen. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. It's a matter of choice now. The condition has been laid. If you forgive those who have hurt you deeply, who have deeply hurt you, you forgive them. Or those who have offended you, you forgive them. Your Heavenly Father will also forgive you because you also need forgiveness. But on the contrary, if you refuse to forgive, those who have hurt you deeply, those who have offended you, you keep it in your heart. You refuse to release forgiveness. It means you don't want forgiveness from your Heavenly Father because you are not perfect. How does this strike your conscience? As you're sitting down, how does this strike your conscience? Ah, if I do not forgive someone who has offended me, my Heavenly Father will not forgive me because I need to forgive because I need to be forgiven. But if I forgive, my Heavenly Father will grant me forgiveness. How does this strike your conscience? It means being unwilling to release forgiveness. To forgive those who have hurt you deeply. Simply means that you have not understood or benefited from God's divine forgiveness. One thing is certain here, if you have received God's forgiveness, God's pardon, that forgiveness you have received would in turn create a forgiving heart in you towards others. Let's really go to the book of Matthew. Matthew 5, verse 44. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, and do, and do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. When you love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you. This releases you from the destructive emotions of anger, offense, hatred, envy, jealousy, and others. Listen to this. Loving your enemy seems unreasonable. It's a big challenge until you come to realize that you were once an enemy 
until God forgave you. The moment you realize that you were once an enemy of God, you were once an enemy, and God forgave you, then you will release forgiveness easily. Except if you claim to be a perfect person. Well, that contradicts the Bible because the Bible says perfection eludes everyone. No one is perfect, not even one. Let me quickly take you to the book of Luke. Are you there? Luke 23 and verse 34. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. It means Jesus Christ even forgave those who mocked and killed him. If our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ could forgive those who mocked and killed him, then who are you not to forgive? Remember, the word Christian came from Christ. And if you say you are Christian, that means you are Christ-like. And you must follow a foundation. He said, love your neighbor as yourself and forgive those who offended you. At the point of greatest pain on the cross, where you don't expect forgiveness to emanate, he considered where he was going. What he was to establish for your sake and my sake, salvation. That prompted him, in the midst of pain, to say, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. That includes you and me. If Jesus Christ could release forgiveness, the question now is, what are you doing with your enemy? We should be more concerned about our offenders and their relationship with God and be less concerned about our grudges, self-pity and ill will. Because the person most hurt by unforgiveness is you. Tell your neighbor, you should be more concerned. I can't hear you. You should be more concerned about your offenders and their relationship with God. And less concerned about your grudges, self-pity, and he will because the person most hurt i can't hear you the person most hurt by unforgiveness is you now listen the greatest mistake many of us have committed in the past if you are sincere to yourself think deep 
you will know it was because you had an offense against someone. Imagine a factory worker who was offended by his colleagues working in a machine that could grind even the whole body. Instead of concentrating on where his job is, he was visualizing the offense his colleague of, did to him. And therefore, while he was working on the machine, while he was working on the machine, he was seeing the offense instead of the job. And mistakenly, he drives his hand into the machine, and today, he's handicapped. If you ask him deeply, if he's to be sincere, he will tell you, I could not concentrate on the job because I had deep offense in my heart against someone. Most of the accidents that happen today, if those who are late could be revived back to life, they will start to tell you, while I was on the steering, I was thinking about my wife who offended me, my husband who offended me, my colleague in the place of work. I could not release offense. Oh, I will not forgive him. You're the steering. I will not forgive him. You're the steering. You wouldn't know when you drive into a lane that is not yours. And that is how mistake comes. Tell your neighbor, release forgiveness. Because the person most hurt by unforgiveness is you. You stand up to say, I will never forgive this lady. If I don't retaliate, I will not eat. And indeed, you refuse to eat. At the end of the day, you develop stomach ulcer. Who is most hurt? Eh? I will not forgive her. Oh, no. I will not. I must make sure I deal with her. I deal with him. If I don't deal with this lady, if I don't deal with this man, I will not eat throughout today. And indeed, you refuse to eat. And the person you are looking for to harm is nowhere to be found. Eventually, when you develop stomach ulcer, who is most hurt? Tell your neighbor, the person most hurt by unforgiveness is you, 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 you. The question now is, how do you approach those who offend you? Do you forgive easily or you keep offense in your heart? Remember, when you nurse an offense in your heart, you filter everything through it. You become sad, you will not be happy, your business is gone because your potential is no longer efficient in that business. You can no longer concentrate. You're thinking about your offense. Right? The person that offended you has settled with God and is going easily and you are dying silently. Words create war. Words also create love. With your words, how many people do you build up? And with your words, how many have you torn apart? Have you ripped apart? Remember, time with Jesus Christ is time to render account 
for every idle word spoken. The word you speak determines the future you enjoy. Yes. Remember with your words, you publicly paint a public picture. You continuously paint a public picture of your inner self, who you are. The word you speak determines the heart you possess. Tell your neighbor the word you speak determines the heart you possess. If you speak positively, I can't hear you. If you speak positively, if you speak positively, it means you possess a positive heart. On the contrary, if you speak negatively, it means you possess a negative heart. Ask your neighbor, what kind of heart do you possess? Remember, a blessed heart is a forgiving heart. A forgiving heart is a blessed heart. Once you forgive, your future is possible. In Jesus' name. Thank you. May the Lord bless his words.